Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Simon Dudley, Chief Contrarian for Accession Events. To learn more and for information about the book and other resources, please go to accessionevents.com. Hello, everyone. This is Simon Dudley with the Accession Events podcast. Today, I've got the CEO of Zoom. I'm very excited to say, Eric Yuan. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Simon. Good so man. for your invitation. Oh, you're, of course. We've been trying to put this together for a couple of months. We were laughing about it just before we started recording. So this is what, uh, end of November 2015. We're in an exciting world of video conferencing. Things are actually moving for the first time in a few years. Uh, we'll talk about that a bit later. But firstly, many people know who Zoom are. Zoom.us is a major player these days in the video conferencing space. But you didn't just come out the egg and start Zoom. So why don't you tell us a bit of your background, Eric, and where you came from and how you got to where you are today? Sure, sure. Thank you. So I'm the founder and CEO of Zoom Video Communications. So prior to founding Zoom, I was at Cisco. I was a corporate vice president at Cisco Systems, where I was responsible for the overall Cisco collaboration software development including WebEx and Jabber. So I came to Cisco as part of the WebEx acquisition. And actually, I was one of the first several founding engineers. And ultimately, I became the vice president of engineering at WebEx. So essentially, I was working on real-time collaboration technology for more than 18 years. So back to 2011, I saw a huge market opportunity and given I lived in Silicon Valley, I decided to leave Cisco to start a startup company, Zoom. So. Okay. And, and out of interest, what's your background before Cisco or before WebEx, should I say? So I came to the Valley in 1997, you know, joined WebEx early on, right? So we have uh, 10 engineers, two co-founders. So prior to that, I was uh, in Beijing of China. I have my small the companies, you know, on the one hand, we, we, we were doing for enterprise software. On the other hand, you know, we started to, you know, to do something around the internet because it was very early, 1995, 1996 in China. So I was not a patient, you know, and that's why I give up my business over there and came to the Silicon Valley. Wow. Wow. So you've really... Yeah. My first job, you know, I was a software programmer, right? So build for the multimedia city room title. That's the first job I got after I graduated. So Okay. Now, interestingly enough, you've lived inside the beast of, um, of Cisco. I mean, let's get into it, right? They've just spent $700 million on Akano. Uh, I looked at the revenues for Akano the other day. Uh, I'm struggling to see how how the numbers that I saw, which were old, I mean, they're, they're 2013 numbers or maybe 14 numbers, don't really add up to a $700 million value if you're going to say, we'll milk this cash cow, right? So I have to ask, as a veteran of both Cisco and of the industry, how does that fit? Why, why would Cisco spend $700 million on these people? So first of all, I would say, you know, you should give a Cisco credibility. I think uh, they are making the right decision. So because uh, on the one hand, you know, I kind of, you know, has uh, a great service, right? And the leader, CEO, OJ, is a great leader. I think Rowan probably is very ambitious, right? 
to make sure Cisco has all the uh, video conferencing assets. If you look at uh, all the Cisco video conferencing assets, you know, one missing, I would say, the, the, the service product is uh, interoperability, right? How to incorporate it with all other solutions, especially for Microsoft Link and other WebRTC. I think, uh, you know, Akano does have a great solution, right? I think uh, from a strategy perspective, this is something Cisco doesn't need. You know, from that perspective, I think that's right decision. And also, you know, the, the you know, Arcano team, you know, a lot of uh, team members came from Cisco. They really understand you know, the industry. And this will further beef up the Cisco team, you know, down the road to compete against the other vendors. Overall, I think that's a great decision. Okay. And by the way, I want to stress that for the purposes of our audience, I'm not anti the decision. I just looked at the numbers and went, the, I forget what the multiplier was now, but it was a very large number. And you thought, this is strategic, not um, definitely not a tactical decision, very much a strategic one. I agree with you about OJ, plainly uh, a, a, a very impressive leader, knows what he's talking about. So again, you're such a the perfect guest for this interview. I'm so pleased we did delay our conversation because you're a WebEx man. Uh, WebEx was obviously a very large part of the whole Cisco strategy, continues to be, right? I think WebEx's value, uh, revenues are probably greater than that of the video conferencing division of, of, uh, of Cisco. So how do you now, what, well, maybe you don't know the answer, but what, let's speculate. How would you integrate the WebEx, the Econo, and the, the Cisco Codian beast into one business unit now? How do you do that? So that's a great question, you know. So I already left the Cisco right for a while. So I, I don't know, you know, their strategy how to integrate. But however, I think if you look at the assets, you know, Arcano has and WebEx and probably the Spark, you know, Cisco heavily invested into this new project, Spark. I I would say probably the, the back end, they are going to standardize on Arcano platform, right? And the front end could be Spark. You know, WebEx, I would say down the road probably will be, I would say, you know, they are going to replace WebEx with Spark and back end with Arcano. The overall, you know, Cisco has uh, many different uh, the, the collaboration or video uh, conferencing assets. You know, they cannot have uh, all those different assets, right? They need to consolidate, right? So front end, I would say, should be, you know, the Spark and the uh, back end should standardize on I will see a kind of platform. This is the, the, you know, I can, you know, think about. So. Sure. Now, look, you left, you said yourself, you left um, WebEx stroke Cisco back in, in, in 2011 and you saw an opportunity. What was the opportunity you saw for Zoom and has it gone the way that you expected it to? Most startups don't, right? They see one thing and then pivot and do another. Did you find that or did you get what you wanted? So before I talk about the opportunity, maybe, you know, please let me take a step back, you know, to share with you what kinds of problems, you know, I saw before I left Cisco, right? Absolutely. Cool. All the time talking with the customers, you know, customers, they really complain about four problems, right? So one is, you know, almost every business, they have many different types of collaboration solutions, right? Skype, Link, you know, WebEx, GoToMeeting, and the Google Hangout and audio conferencing, you know, windows. So it's kind of all different solutions. You know, front end experience different, back end experience different. You know, how to interoperate 
interpret those solutions also is, is very challenging. That's the first problem, right? The second problem is around the, the content rooms, right? So, you know, those hardware, you know, based content rooms, the overall, the utilization rate is very low because those, you know, very expensive, not connected very well to the cloud, right? And a third problem is there are certain many conference rooms worldwide. Less than 4% are enabled with uh, hardware-based video conferencing systems. Now, however, those conference room systems might have a projector, but nobody knows how to make a <laughs> work, right? Yeah. Not mentioned to have uh, video conference systems. So that's a third problem. You know, first problem is around the mobile experience, right? When we build WebEx, you know, the goal is to facilitate the sharing PowerPoint, share your desktop. However, given the popularity of uh, mobile apps like iPhone, iPad apps, how to share mobile apps with a remote participant is also challenging, right? Nobody can build a, a solution back then. So over the past four years, we built a solution from scratch. We completely fixed all those four problems. And not to mention, you know, our quality is better because, you know, we have very experienced team. You know, we build our own, you know, video engine and a screen share engine and so on and so forth. Now, it's, a, it's an interesting space, the video one. Right? I, I use Zoom. I use other products too, but I use Zoom extensively. One of the things I love, by the way, is your recording facility. It's just, as a podcaster, it makes your life so much easier than pretty much anything else. No anything else out there. So thank you in advance for that. Now, the other thing you've done, which I thought was interesting, and maybe this comes from your WebEx background, is the ability to do kind of one-way video calls or what's also known as podcast or sorry, webcasting. And I thought that was an interesting angle. Nobody else seems to have done it. Have you got any idea as to why no one else does it? This idea that you can, for the audience, by the way, with a Zoom solution, you can have any number, but 25, 50, 100, 500 users who basically watch the stream as a live stream can communicate back. And if you want to, you can uh, bring that person as a full video participant or not. And it's very inexpensive compared with the big uh, webcasting or web conferencing technologies. And it seems to me a no brainer. I'm kind of amazed that the whole world hasn't gone. That's the best thing in the world. Why don't we use it? but I don't get the impression that they are. Uh, what do you think? Well, what's your take on this? I think it will take some time, you know, for, for customers, for users, right? You know, kind of a switch from the, the old fashioned, like a webcast, web conferencing to video centric, video streaming or video a webinar. I think it's, you know, that's a best experience, but however, given the, the problems, you know, the customers, they experienced it before, you know, they hesitated to take this new solution. But down the road, I think given some time, I think this solution is going to be very popular. As you mentioned, you know, the experience is great. You know, it works very well. So It really does. And by the way, I genuinely don't talk about products on the podcast, but that was, a, for me, and as someone who's had to live with, with uh, web conferencing technologies for a number of years, it's just, oh, it works. And that was, believe me, that in itself is such a compelling answer oh it, it's video and it works oh well we use that then it, it it's one of those things people should go and check that thing out yeah. now so, so finally Simon, that's uh you made a great point that's a that's a exactly the reason why you know i left the web left the cisco to build Zoom. because if you look at the conferencing industry right from 1990 to year 2000 that's all the conferencing era right everybody know how to dive into a, a phone bridge right to join the audio conference 
From year 2000 to 2010, that's a web conferencing era, meaning in addition to all the conferencing, you also can share your PowerPoint, share your desktop. But download, that will be the video conferencing era. Everything will center around video co uh, collaboration, video conference. Now, that's an interesting angle, right? Because one of the things you did recently, and I forget how long ago, but earlier this year, I believe, you announced that you were going to do some linking in with Slack, right? Now, Slack seems to be the biggest thing since the biggest thing ever around this whole idea of teams collaborating. You know, it's, it connects together instant messenger and email and document sharing and, and all this stuff. And it appears, I was reading about this just this morning, that it's now taking off in a public forum as well, even though Slack are saying that that's not really what they designed it for and they don't have the capability of coping. In other words, Slack and I suspect products like Spark and others are going to do very well. I have to ask, you're, the, to my knowledge, the first video conferencing player to integrate with Slack, talk to us about it. What's the take-up been like? How are people using it? Do you see yourself as being sublimated in the sense that you're kind of a component within Slack that could be replaced if anyone else had a solution that was better, which they don't today? Where, discuss is the simple answer to that question. You know, Slack, I think, is a great service, great product. I see you, Stuart, is a you know, wonderful you know, entrepreneur. I think uh, today, if you look at async collaboration, right, I think Slack probably is the only company who truly understand that, right? The build from the, uh, from the engineer department, right, used by engineers. Now they are working on to make other departments also leverage that service as well. If you get like async collaboration, right, you got to have a persistent, you know, the chat room. And also you should have a very seamless integration with the business apps, right? What, what is missing is the real-time collaboration side, right? And how to start a video call from within the, the you know, uh, Slack experience. And also our customers, you know, before we, we started the integration with the Slack, almost every day, our customers called us hey, can you start the integration with this Slack? Because our customers, they, they already use you know, Slack, and also they are using Zoom. How to have a you know, seamless integration experience, that's something customers always told us to do. You know, we listen to our customer side. That's why you are right. We are the first vendor to integrate with uh, Slack. So by the way, after the integration, you know, a lot of customers you know, send us email, hey, this is great experience, we really like it. So essentially, you know, how to have one collaboration experience to integrate with a uh, leader in async collaboration into you know, the real-time collaboration, you know, window like us, right? I think that's what a customer they are looking for. Now, now that brings up an interesting point, right? This market, this video conferencing space, and I, I would agree in general terms about eras, right? The uh, audio conferencing era, a, a web conferencing era, now video conferencing era, um, I guess we'll see if you were right in another 10 years from now. But uh, there was still quite a lot of video conferencing going on in, in the data conferencing era that I was involved in and in, even in the audio conferencing era. But one of the things that this market did was talk about standards and then everyone went off and built their own version of the standard and no one seemed to want to interact with anyone else. Now, you could argue there were less people to interact with, but things like, for example, Slack is something that, Plenty of players in this market will tell you they're not interested in coming up with a solution that does anything other than keep their great video and audio quality. Anything that sub subjugates that is to be 
ejected from the body, as it were. And you seem to be a player who is prepared to say, we'll work with all these other players. So I'm interested, is Slack the first of many? Do you think the other players will catch up or, or even want to play in this game? And do you think it matters to you that you have it? I think other players, players try to catch up for sure because this is a huge market, right? However, I think uh, you know Slack is positioned very well because they probably leapfrog to any other competitors at least for two to three years, and also you know that's a very sticky you know business. Meaning you know customers who already use uh, uh, Slack, it's really hard for them to migrate to any other solutions like Salesforce because they have all the data, right? Already, you know, the store all the data. They already have all the, you know, the position in the chat, right? All the, yeah. the business integration already there, right? It's hard for, for the customers to switch to other platform. So from that perspective, I think Slack is going to do very well down the road. Okay. And what about, so, so that kind of brings up an interesting angle. And I know I'm jumping around here, but this has been such an interesting market suddenly, right? This the Carnos Cisco thing has changed it feels like there's something in the water. Now, the last time that there was a big consolidation in this market was 2009, and it was caused by Cisco, and it was caused when Cisco bought Tamburg for three-point-something billion dollars, and then Avaya went and bought Radvision, although I have to answer, I have to contend, I don't know that uh, Avaya's worked out what they bought yet. It's only been six years. And then, of course, Logitech went and bought LifeSize. So do you think that this... Uh, this purchase of Akano is the first of many purchases in the market? Do you think it's going to drive more consolidation or do you think it's a one-off? I think, well, I, I do think there will need some consolidation because, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the vendors like Microsoft or, or Cisco, right, they have a huge installer base and also have a cash, right, you know, to speed up the innovation, you know, this probably is a better solution, right, to acquire some innovative companies like Arcano. But having said that, I also do not think there's a lot of very innovative vendors in the market. Even see like Cisco or Microsoft, you know, if they want to buy somebody, I do not think there's a lot of great vendors in this market now because a lot of companies just pick up some open source stuff. And then, hey, within several weeks, you know, they tell the world, hey, I have a, a solution ready. <laughs> I don't think that's a sustainable. You, you've got to have expertise, like our kind of team, right? You know, like our team. We were in real-time collaboration business for 18 years, right? Our kind of team, they, they built the Tannenberg, you know, the, the, the solutions as well, right? If you look at a lot of other vendors, right, you know, look at the DNA of the team. I do not think that they are very innovative. Right. So that's why I think from market perspective, there, there, there will need some consolidation. But I look at the, all the solutions out of there, I do not think there's a lot of uh, acquisition target. So. Yeah, it's an interesting – I wrote recently about how the video conferencing is a solved problem. I mean, from a technical perspective, you can build a video conferencing product of some quality – relatively easily I, I, i'll let them remain nameless but i was contacted by a provider um outside of the us who'd like to show me their video conferencing product and it looked fine and i asked them some technical questions about it and i realized these people didn't know what they were doing but they put together a bunch of bits and pieces so it seems to me that the 
the we can do video conferencing isn't a very high barrier to entry anymore. You, you rightly say there's all this off the shelf stuff you can go and purchase. But what matters is a development team that can continue to build good products, a market um, and a customer base. Now, you've built yourself quite a significant customer base in the last few years. You talk about minutes. What sort of statistics, if any, would you like to share with us? I mean, how much business, how big are you these days? I know you're a private company, so you can't talk about or don't want to talk about some of it. But tell us what you can tell us. So, you know, every day we look at the, the, the product usage, right? I think every week in terms of uh, meeting minutes, that is a record. So meaning our customers do use our solutions, right? We already reached uh, 4 billion meeting minutes you know, uh, last uh, two months ago. And also we have uh, more than 140,000 business customers who standardize on Zoom platform. You know, before April 1st of this year, we did not do anything on marketing front, purely leveraging word of mouth. We got attractions because customers, they told us, really like the quality, ease of use, some unique features. Last but not, but not least is pricing, right? And I think we, we, we have high confidence Zoom does offer the best industry solution. That's why we are very patient, you know, and as long as customers try our solution, they like our solution. So I think overall, if you focus on the, the product customer experience, I think you also are patient. I think you will, you will get attraction. Now, interestingly enough, well, I just wrote a report, a, a fairly significant report for a client of mine. Um, about 10,000 words on the whole video conferencing industry. And I had to pick eight players to discuss, right? And Zoom were one of them. You know, the, the, just so you're aware, the ones I discussed in this report were Polycom, Cisco, Microsoft Go to, or, or um, Microsoft Skype for Business, uh, LifeSize, Zoom, WebEx, and um, GoToMeeting. And, and one other, Polycom. Of course, it was Polygon was the eighth. And one of the things that I don't know if it was a hole or not, I'll, I'll reserve my judgment. Of course, you're about the only player in that whole group who has a video conferencing end-to-end -end solution who doesn't do a room system. And you charge extra for room connectors, so you plainly don't really want people to use room solutions, um, or you don't want them to use Polycom or Cisco ones at least. What's your thoughts on that? Are you, are you, is there announcements in the works on Zoom endpoint, or do you think that things like the Logitech Conference Cam Connect and the CC3000 do the work for you, or do you not care about that side of the market? What's your thoughts? So we, we do care about the conference rooms. The way we look at a conference room is that conference room is very important when it comes to collaboration, right? So there are certain many conference rooms worldwide. So our strategy is, you know, if a customer already deployed hardware-based video conference room systems, we would like to interoperate with those systems because we support H3, H3 to 3 and a safe, you know, protocol. And a customer, they can dial into our bridge from their Cisco or Polycom or life-size hardware-based video conference room systems. Also, if customer, they are, you know, say, they are trying to build up some new conference room systems, right? So we also have a solution called Zoom Rooms. Zoom Rooms is based on commodity hardware with our software, like hardware rooms. And I think that's also this a future because customers, they do not need to spend so much money to deploy hardware-based conference room systems. They can deploy Zoom Rooms. 
So overall, I think if customer already have a conference room systems, we can interoperate. Or we can deploy Zoom rooms based on the commodity hardware. Yeah, it's interesting. I have to say, I mean, as a man who sold video conferencing since they were $200,000 for a Pichatel EX3000 in about 1992, and then they've got cheaper and cheaper, you'd think that I would be a hardware endpoint fan. But actually, in the last two years, I really have come to the realization that I think the hardware endpoint business is over. I think that flexible devices that can work with whatever the customer wants to use seems to me a much more logical decision. Because however good Zoom or Starleaf or whoever the client is using is, there are times they're going to want to talk to somebody else who's outside their organization, who might be a big customer of theirs, who says, we use Google Hangouts, or we use Skype for business, or we use who knows what, right? And the opportunity of sitting there with your laptop with a lap, with a camera on it next to a $100,000 meeting room solution because it's not compatible with Hangouts is crazy to me. And I think most IT managers would say, no, no, we'll put a CC3000 or a Conference Cam Connect or some other smaller device in there because it gives my users flexibility. Uh, I, I famously nearly got booed off a stage once for saying at a big IT conference that IT people go to work to not get fired. And because no one rings the IT department to say, thanks very much, everything worked great today. I just wanted to really help you guys out. Whenever I suggest that, everyone just laughs. But when it all goes wrong, everyone's on the iPhone to the IT department. So the idea of flexible solutions seems to me much more useful than these dedicated ones, which are perhaps today better quality, but I don't think that'll last very long. And I think flexibility wins. You, you're right, huh? You know, when it comes to video conferencing systems, you've got to give uh, flexibility to IT department. If they already invested into the hardware-based conference room systems, you've got to interoperate with that. And also, you should have a conference room solution as well, meaning, you know, customers, they do not want to buy expensive hardware. What's your solution? You know, a lot of vendors, they do not have a solution, right? We, we have a Zoom room solution, right? Having said that, you know, we fully embrace you know, video, conference, video conferencing room systems. Now, one of the things that the market's doing right now, and, as it, and I've been in the IT business 30 years, it does it in every market I've been in, even pre-video conferencing, is the, the siren call of Microsoft is coming and it will kill us all, right? Those horns are blowing right now in this industry. And certainly in the UC space, in the telephony world, uh, the whole Skype for business thing is rattling a lot of cages. What's your thoughts about Microsoft's play into video conferencing? Do you worry by it or you think it's an opportunity or what? So when it comes to, you know, the business solutions, you know, Microsoft always a uh, very com competitive you know, player, right? It's given the, you know, uh, installed base and also have all the assets. But overall, I think, you know, for a lot of companies like, like SMB or, or a lot of enterprise customers, you know, they have like iPhone, iPad, and also the Mac, right? And also, you know, they have a cloud the solution, right? And I do not think Microsoft, they can build one solution that fits all, right? So meaning, like SMB customers, they use the iPhone and iPad and Mac. You know, Microsoft link Skype for business solution, you know, do not work very well, right? Also, you know, they, they are looking for a conference room solution. Microsoft does not have a good conference room solution either. 
right? Not to mention, you know, the, the, the mobile like iPhone, iPad. So overall, I think uh, Microsoft is a very important competitor, you know, in this space. And probably they are going to, you know, invest more. However, I think uh, that the, the market potential is huge, right? It could have a two or three, you know, successful winners in this market. Yes, I mean, there is an argument that says that what Microsoft does is add legitimacy to the market. It says users actually want to buy this stuff now rather than, you know, maybe even five years ago where they were somewhat reticent as to whether video conferencing even made sense. So one of the things we do in the in the accession events podcast is talk about accession events. Uh, an accession event is a point in a market when the success criteria in that market change. Okay, so a perfect example of this, citing Microsoft, would be when Microsoft Windows was first launched. It revolutionized what success looked like in spreadsheets, in word processors, in, um, in uh, a PowerPoint or, or pre-PowerPoint in the presentation graphics market. And suddenly, all of the three players who'd been the dominance, you know, Lotus 1, 2, 3, yep. disintegrated in two years. Harvard Graphics packed up and died in six months. And I know I worked there at the time. Um, WordPerfect just fell apart. And again, I was intimately involved in WordPerfect. I actually sold to them at the time and just watched them just totally fail to cope with those changes. Have you been in your own career? Have you been in the middle of one of those, either as the disruptor or the disruptee or disrupted? I'm not certain what the right turn of phrase is. And if you did, what did you do about it? Sure. So as I mentioned earlier, when I started my career, I was a software programmer right, for developing multimedia CD room title. So back to 1992 or 1993, I forgot which year. I think, you know, at that time, you know, Internet also, you know, uh, came on board. Right. And I think all the businesses, right, I would say got disrupted by the Internet because the distribution model is changed and the user can go to online to download those multimedia uh, CD room titles. So I, at that time I realized I got to embrace internet. You know, all the older business model completely over. So you have no choice but to embrace the future, which is the uh, internet. So, so Eric, the, uh, we've already discussed how the market's in, I don't know, turmoil, but it's at interesting times. And the last time one of these big inflection points happened, there was a whole bunch of consolidation and the market suddenly started looking different. One could argue, actually, that cloud, something that you've really pushed and done very well, has, has utterly disrupted video conferencing. So the obvious questions here are, what's the next disruption? And people are looking at the video conferencing market. And the unicorns appear to be going away. These billion-dollar businesses or valuations, shall we say, are uh, disintegrating. So the questions are for you, in any order you want to answer them, what's the next innovation that makes this market move forward? What do you think the consolidation is going to look like? And you don't have to answer that if you don't want to, but I'd like you to. And what does this market look like in two years from now? So I think the, the easy answer for the, what's the market look like in two to three years is, I think the huge potential for, the, for this market. And also in two to three years, I think all the businesses, they are going to embrace video conferencing. Because that's, you know, experience-wise, it's a very intimate experience, like today's call, right? Imagine, you know, you and I, we talk over the phone, you know, I cannot see you, right? You do not know my body language. 
I think having said that, video conferencing is going to go big. That's part for sure. However, in terms of consolidation you know, and also market direction, I think it's hard to say. But overall, I think whoever can build a solution focused on the product experience, customer experience, is great quality, and also extremely affordable pricing, I think whoever is going to win. You know, for those winners who are leveraging some open source stuff, I do not think they can innovate on that platform. You've got to have your own technology. You've got to innovate faster than any other vendors. You know, overall, I think, uh, you know, whoever you know, focus on the customer experience, whoever is going to win. Now, what about, right, there's still a few players, um, Cisco being one of them, who, and Polycom being the other major player, who are still betting very big on this on-premise solutions for clients. Do you see any future for this stuff? I'll be, I have my own opinions, but I have to ask you, what do you think? Do you think this is done or do you think there is still a market for it? My thing is still market. However, that market will not grow, right? So meaning more like, uh, you know, back to like uh, five or six years ago, right? You know, Blackbird, right? There's still market share, right? Nokia still have market share. But, uh, you know, soon, right, it's completely over, right? But in the next several years, I, w- I would say there's still market share for the hardware-based video conference room systems. But in five to 10 years, I do not think so. You know, mm-hmm. all those hardware-based conference room systems, I think the game is over, you know? It should be commodity hardware with cloud-enabled solutions. Well, I would agree with you, except for the time scale. I, I, I don't understand how it sustains two years, let alone five. But I guess we're, let's come back in two years and we'll discuss this again, see how we get on. So last couple of questions for you, right? On a personal basis, you're the CEO of a, of a highly successful Silicon Valley startup. They do have a habit as small, highly successful startups of generating CEOs who go mad and who uh, surround themselves by people who only listen to the things they want to hear. Um, as someone once said or said recently, the trouble with a CEO won't listen is very quickly they get surrounded by people who have nothing to say. So how do you, and maybe you don't, maybe you are a megalomaniac who doesn't listen to anyone, but your reputation doesn't suggest as such. So how do you stay sane? How do you live in the world in which you don't go, crikey, I'm really good, and start believing that story back to yourself? So that's a great question. One thing I learned, you know, during my career is you've you got to appreciate what others do for you, what customers do for you, what your teammates, what your, ma- your bosses, your managers do for you. So meaning you've got to have an appreciation attitude. If you appreciate what others do for you, I do not think you are going to get mad, you know, no matter what, what is going to happen. Because every day when you wake up, you should appreciate, you know, what a customer do for you, they pay for your service, you know, your, your teammates, they do for the company. You know, if you have an appreciation attitude, I think, you know, every day you keep calm. I do not think you are going to get mad. So, Fair enough. Okay, well, that's a good answer. So, Eric... This has been a fantastic interview, and I think beautifully timed, actually. I'm so pleased we didn't do this eight weeks ago when we first tried to. Uh, Is there any other last points you want to leave our listeners with before I let you go? So overall, I would say, you know, to build a company is not that easy, but if you have a dream, you know, to make the world a better place, you've got to work hard. 
you know, that's a something what I learned. I also want to share. Eric, everyone has something that keeps them awake at night, or most people do. What's your existential threat? What's the thing that you fear the most? So I, I would say, you know, how to deliver happiness to our customers. That's something I think about every day. You know, sometimes we, we, if we do not deliver enough happiness to our customers, that will keep me, you know, awake in the night. So, you know, overall, everything centers around the customer experience, how to deliver happiness to our customers. That's something I'm thinking about every day, every minute. So, it's fair enough. Good answer. Okay. And then lastly, I'm going to have to ask this. Any exciting news about Zoom you'd like to uh, announce with us or, or launch at this point? Or are you just quite happy with how things are going? So I think, you know, our team, you know, we are, you know, not sitting there, you know, without doing anything, right? So for sure, we are going to, you know, keep innovating, right? One thing we realize we got to, you know, make it work very well is to integrate with Microsoft Link. You know, that, you know, functionality will be available very soon. So that's probably the only thing missing from our customers' uh, feedback. So that's something we are very excited. So Excellent. Okay, Eric, Yuan, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, a fascinating guest. I do hope that the audience found it as interesting as I certainly did. And I'm looking forward to the next show. Thanks very much, everyone. Thank you.